Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for Torah number 879. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at Rabbi Ismach at Take10FortorahOrg. Today's 10 is sponsored Le'ila Nishnas Mary Dweck, Allah Shalom, Miriam Bas Mordechai HaKohen. May the Torah we learn be an Eloi for her Neshama. As an introduction to the Parsha, we know that in Parsha's Balak we have this account of what happens when Balak the king tries to contract Bilam to curse the Jewish people. Bilam had some sort of unique ability to curse. He was a Gentile prophet. He had some ability to curse the Jews, or, or at least Balak thought so. And of course, as we know, he tries to get him. He says no. He says yes. Then eventually he comes and he tries to curse and he fails. He tries once, he tries twice, he tries three times. He's not particularly good at cursing the Jews. In contrast, what he says instead is some beautiful blessing. Things and phrases and, and uh, themes that we draw upon, really famous lines. And a couple of them I want to focus on because they're going to figure prominently in our discussion. In one of his uh, curses slash blessings, he says, He says, Behold, to bless I have received, he has blessed, I shall not contradict it. Right? He comes to curse but instead he blesses. And one of the things he says is, Hashem Elokav Imo, Hashem his God is with him, Usiruas Melech Bo. And the friendship of the king is in him, referring to God as king. Hold that thought, that Melech, Malchus, Shruas Melech Bo, that phrase comes up in the uh, davening of Rosh Hashanah. It's a very important phrase. And here we have this uh, this reference to it in the blessings of Bilam. Kel Motsuyami Mitzrayim, the God is the one who took us out of Egypt, according to the power of his loftiness. Yisrael, it goes on and on. So I wanted to show you another part, in particular a little bit later on in the bracha, it refers again to Kel Motsuyami Mitzrayim, God who brought us out of Egypt, similar expression to before, according to the power of his loftiness. He will consume the nations that oppress him and crush their bones, and their arrows shall pierce them. Then, He crouched and lay down like a lion, and like a lion cub, who can stand him up? Referring to Shachav, and then Miyikimenu. Again, this is poetic language, but uh, it's rich in metaphor, and it's rich in meaning. And these phrases are going to feature prominently in just a moment. But before we get there, I just want to Think about Parshas Balak in almost its entirety until the very last paragraph. These are all events and circumstances that not only were we not aware of when they happened, you know, it's not clear that the Jews living in that generation uh, never even knew about what had happened in this plot. This is all happening uh, on side stage, so to speak. It doesn't happen on the main stage of Jewish history. It's not happening to Moshe or to Aaron. Again, Aaron has passed, or Miriam has passed. But it's not happening to Aaron and uh, Moshe and the Jewish people. It's happening somewhere else. And so the report of this and that we have this report is very interesting. As a matter of fact, it's a very controversial Gemara. Gemara in Bavabasra says, Umi Kasvan refers to all the different chapters and uh, books of Tanakh. It says, who wrote them? So Moshe Kasav Sifro, Moshe wrote his book, meaning the Torah, Uparshas Bilam Eov. He wrote Parshas Bilam, and he wrote the book of Eov. So forgetting Eov for a moment, but what is Parshas Bilam? Right, Parshas Bilam is this section over here. It's seen as a separate book, a separate account. And there's a whole big discussion about exactly what does that mean? Was the Torah one thing and then this was sort of stuck in at some later point by Moshe himself? But again, Moshe did not have a first person knowledge of these events. Maybe he only received them later. And it was added later at some point. There are different understandings and opinions about what this means. But in any event, it's unique. There's no question that Parshas Balak is unique. 
in that all of this plot, everything that's going on is happening on the side stage. We don't really know what's happening. Nobody davens, you know, so that it, uh, the, the, the decree falls away. Nobody nobody does anything. It's just we're protected without having done anything. Okay, that's uh, just an interesting aside, something to think about when it comes to Parashas Balak. So the uh, Mishnah talks about what we put in the Shema. Now, remember, Shema is a bunch of paragraphs from the Torah. It's paragraphs from the Torah, and it's not technically tefillah, it's where we're asking for something. It's sort of like a, a declaration of sort, a pledge of allegiance, where we're saying certain very important things that it's important for every Jew to utter and to say and to remember every single day. So the three paragraphs that we have, via Hafta, that's referred to as Kabbalah's Al-Malchu Shemayim, Shemayi Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, referring to God as the one and only thing. Then there's Vahaya, which refers to accepting upon ourselves the responsibility of doing mitzvahs. And then there's the third paragraph, the third paragraph referring to the mitzvah of Zecha Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, remembering Egypt, etc. That's Vayomer, that's the mitzvah of Tzitzis. And we, the Mishnah talks about the sequence of them, why we do these three, etc. But we know from a Gemara in Brachos, we know that these were not necessarily going to be the only paragraphs that should be uttered. We know, and we've talked about this in the past, the Ten Commandments at one point were uttered as part of the Shema. We used to say that as well because they were important, and then because people fetched about it and said, hey, it seems that you only believe that the Ten Commandments are the only commandments that matter, so we pulled it out. And the early Christians, that was their claim, and so we removed it. But the Gemara says that there should have been another thing added Shema. The Gemara says, Big parshas balak you know, of all things, they wanted to put this week's Parsha, and it's not exactly clear how much of it, but probably the Gemara assumes all of it. If you look at it in a um, in an actual Torah scroll, there are no page breaks, right? It goes pretty much straight the entire time. There are no obvious page breaks, so it seems they wanted to put the entire Parsha, could you imagine? They wanted to put the entire Parsha's Balak into the Shema. Why didn't they? Because it would just be too long. The Shema would have taken too long, and because it was so long, it would be too onerous for people, and we couldn't do it. And so the Gemara first talks about why we couldn't, uh, why we would have put that in. Why would it have been so important? So the Gemara says, why? If you're going to tell me it's because of Kel Mitzrayim, it refers not once but twice to the God, God, as the one who took us out of Egypt. So if you tell me that's what it is, there are other places in the Torah uh, where, where it refers to that. It refers to the lion crouching at night and getting up in the morning. That's the Kumecha, the same theme that we have in the Hafta, that you know whether or not we're going to sleep at night, we have God on our mind, and we have all of these words on our mind. Also in the morning when we get up, immediately into that that reference to going to sleep at night and getting up in the morning with enthusiasm and excitement that is also referenced referenced in Parshas Balak. So probably because it has both of those things, it has a reference to Yitzhak Mitzrayim and it also has a reference to going to sleep at night, getting up in the morning with enthusiasm and excitement and Avodah Sashem. So the Gemara says, great, fantastic. So let's say that. Why don't we put that in Shema? V'leimah hai of v'sulo. So why don't we just say that pasuk? Why don't we just refer to those important psukim? Why do you have to cut the whole thing out? Because it's too much to say. Just say those two psukim that have references and, and symbolism and, and the metaphor just like it has in the Shema that we're used to. The answer is like, well, we're not allowed to do that. We're not allowed to cut up paragraphs that are in the Torah, that are found in the Torah, unless Moshe cut up the paragraphs, we're not supposed to cut up the paragraphs. Okay, so that's how our Gemara, the Gemara Brachos, concludes. We should have said it, but we don't because it's just too long, but otherwise we would have, which also, you know, lends to its significance and importance. So the Yerushalmi 
when dealing with this, talks about why does it say it? Why does it say these? Uh, why should we have said Balak? Again, it also tells, says it's too long, so we're not going to. But Rav Chuna Amar of the Kima. So the first understanding is that, like it's said in the Talmud Bavli, that it's because a reference is going to sleep and getting up in the morning, all with enthusiasm and Avodah Hashem. Rav Yosi Beirav Bun Amar Rav Neisha Kasseba Umalchus. He says it refers to Kelmotziemi Mitzrayim Yitzias Mitzrayim, which is good. But he adds one more thing, Malchus. Right? Remember Usruas Melech Bo. That reference that we use in Rosh Hashanah when we refer to Malchus, God being King of the Universe, Master of the Universe. That idea is also referenced, and actually that is not referenced in our regular Shema. So it's kind of even better because it references things in this declaration that there are not that do not exist in the declaration that we actually always say. So that's one added reason to put it as Shema. And Amar Rebeleza, Rebeleza says, And with this I want to talk about until we close. Rebeleza says it's so important because this story is referenced, of course, here in the Torah, and in Nevi'im, right? It's referred to in the Torah later in Devarim. God did not let... Uh, Bilam be listened to he turned the klala, the curse, into bracha. That's Moshe's reference to the story. Then in Yehoshua, it says, Yehoshua, a later, right, the student of Moshe, in Nevi'im, says, I did not uh, allow, God says, that Bilam would be listened to. And I saved the Jewish people from his hand. So that's a reference in Navi. And then finally, you have a, a beautiful line, Ami zacharna balak. This is in the Navi Micha. Remember what Balak did, because we're supposed to remember how significant the thing this was, this miracle. Now, some say, and I believe this is the case, you know, the reason we're supposed to remember it, some believe we're supposed to remember this every day, the Pnei Yeshua makes such a statement. I would think it's one of the Zechiros, one of the things this story is supposed to be remembered every single day. And it could be that the reason is because it reminds us not only of all of the themes that are similar to that in Shema, but it also reminds us that behind Behind the scenes, God is working and doing all sorts of things to save the Jews, things that we might not know anything about, things that might exist, that we might entirely be unaware of. And Parshas Balak really does occur every single day, if not with Balak and Bilam, if not with those characters, but with other characters. And that's the thing we need to remind us of always. Great day.